This is episode number nine, How Would You Live If You Didn't Have a Doctor? with Dr. Bruce Shin, chiropractor and applied kinesiologist. Today we're going to be talking about the posture problem while using your cell phone, applied kinesiology and neuroemotional technique, also known as NET, Dr. Shin's number one wellness tip, a compassionate approach to doctoring, and a whole lot more on the Health and Wellness Encinitas podcast. This is Lisa Thorpe, and this is Health and Wellness Encinitas. Welcome back. Today we have Bruce Shin, Dr. Bruce Shin with Trinity Chiropractic. Bruce, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Well, obviously, I I just mentioned that you're a chiropractor and you have a wonderful practice up in Temecula, California. Mm -hmm. And I'd like for you to just go ahead and share with us what you do and how you do it. Well, I'm a chiropractor and applied kinesiologist. And I really like to help teach people to find their way down a healthy lifestyle. Um, I think chiropractic is a wonderful tool to help support that, but more importantly, teaching them what they should be doing outside of our office as far as eating well, hydration, exercise, and then digging into how they exercise and making sure they have good form and good posture those are all important aspects to support our chiropractic visit. So if they're consistently doing things to hurt themselves outside the office unintentionally or, or unknowing, that um, prevents them from being able to further their health care, so to speak. What would you say is a common thing that people are doing that, that because I'm thinking ergonomics and and. I tend to recommend patients be very careful when they get in, in and out of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that you see on a, that people do that they should be aware of that's not good for their body? Cell phone, texting, and reading emails. They let their head dip and fall forward, and that's a common cause of strain in their neck, their mid-back, lower back. Definitely causes headaches. Headaches. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's uncomfortable to hold it for long periods of time. So that's something everybody's doing. We're all holding it. We're down looking at the text. We're Everyone's looking at the key, keyboard. Absolutely. Got Who it. just texted them? And they're trying to be discreet, but the way they're holding their phone posturally is not conducive for a healthy posture. So now that we know what the problem is, what's the correction? What's the best way to do it? To educate them, depending if they're sitting at a table or standing at the store, how to place their phone in a position where their head is still maintained on their shoulders. Okay, so keep keep the spine straight, keep, keep the, the, straight. the head back or the chin up. Head back on their shoulders. Shoulders squared. Yeah. This is like uh, ballroom dance basics, by the way. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so. You know, good posture if you consider yeah. that we move around on a daily basis, you know, several hundreds of thousands of movements per day. If we're doing those consistently with poor posture, that sets you up for problems down the line musculoskeletal organ function. When your head's dropped, your chest caves in slightly, decreased lung vital capacity. You can't breathe in as much oxygen. People get tired. Sure. So things that the average person doesn't think about can benefit so much when we help them see 
why it's important. I mean, we were all taught growing up to have good posture, but we were never taught the why. We were taught if you don't have good posture, you'll end up with all these problems. But they never gave us the benefit of the good posture. Oh, you could run faster. You could jump higher. You'd have better thinking. They never taught us that. And I don't think they understood either. That we needed the positive reinforcement of the why. <laughs> why have good posture? That's right. Yeah, it's important. I want to say quickly, anybody that has any questions or thoughts about anything we talk about in the shows, please feel free to call in our comment line, which is 206-600-2475. So once again, if you ever have any questions, comments, complaints, you're welcome to call in at 206-600-2475. We appreciate and uh, look forward to your to your uh, feedback. So Bruce, what's different uh, the way you do chiropractic compared to most chiropractors? I'd say the best way to answer that is to really bring it down to down to earth, common sense. I like to educate my patients at a very simple level, keeping it simple, understanding that if you don't hydrate your body well, um, it's not going to function well. So I try to focus on analogies. So I have patients consider plants, flowers. They need water to function and grow. They need good soil. Human body needs good nutrition. They need fresh air and they need sunlight. These are the basic things that the human needs. And without those essentials, the human body cannot perform at its optimal. Yes, posture is also important, um, but without the basics of hydration, good food, fresh air, and sunlight, um, we can't operate optimally. And so I try to make sure my patients understand just simple basics. There's a phrase I use in the office, if all doctors were to leave earth tonight, how would you how would you do? And they say, well, we would survive. And I said, that's good. But you're not necessarily living well. You're surviving. So if we're teaching our patients what it means to be healthy, and they use us as a stepping stone or a vehicle to get to their health care uh, destination, then we have a good chance of success. Chiropractic adjustments are important. They're like fuses in the spine, so you know they can blow out from overload. It's important to have good nutrition. We address chemistry. We make sure that their uh, cellular metabolism, digestion is working optimally. If they choose to work out, we have them wear a heart rate monitor so we can monitor their cardiovascular system so they're not overstraining their cardiovascular system. And we also deal with emotional stress, uh, a side of healthcare that I think is not addressed often enough. And we ask patients in general, what's more taxing on the human body? Eight hours of manual labor or eight hours of mental emotional stress? The stress, but it's for the sure. stress for we sure. Know it's the stress. So if it's undealt with, and it can be absolutely dealt with on the chiropractic side, its uh, emotions are physiological, which is our world of chiropractic. And there's a wonderful technique out there called neuroemotional technique, and they definitely address the uh, mind-body connection. And when we help take the charge off of some emotions. Um, attached to specific events and emotional realities, people feel more free. And when people feel free is when they thrive. And when people thrive, they do well. And it affects everybody around them. I love neuroemotional technique. I think it's a fantastic uh, technique, and I want to talk more about it. But before we go there, 
When you're talking about good hydration, good nutrition, uh, sunlight, how do you evaluate? Are they doing those things correctly? And then what 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 is adequate in those categories? Great question. Hydration, usually in my office, we have recommended one quart for every 50 pounds of body weight. That's just for basics. If they exercise and they're training and they're sweating, add an extra quart to two quarts. Um, as far as good food, we always recommend in general, this is a general rule, um, try to avoid high starchy foods. So bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, pies, cakes, cookies, candies, ice cream, soda pops, donuts, brownies. Um, in general, we have them avoid dairy. Milk, cheese, cream, cheese, cottage cheese, yogurt cream, ice cream, sour cream, and definitely <laughs> avoid the GMOs. So yeah. we recommend go organic as much as we can. Um, people have asked me, is that just a paleo diet or a, uh, or is it a um, Atkins diet? Atkins. And so I try to say it's not necessarily a name. It's going back to how we lived 400 years ago. Right. We didn't have groceries. We didn't have international trade per se. We had you lived off the land. Protein, vegetables, water, and fruit. And we didn't eat three square meals a day. We ate when you were hungry, right. and you ate as much as you want. We didn't have limits to an hour per meal. So I try to educate patients to make sure that they're not waiting to be hungry to eat. Try to eat at least four to five, maybe six small meals a day. And if you're training, you got to get more calories, good calories in to offset necessary, adequate means of calories for energy. And then as far as sunlight, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day, hopefully not just your face and your hands, but expose as much as you can. 15 minutes a day is good. And get, get your body in the sun, drink and clean water, obviously, right? Not, clean water. not tap water. Absolutely. Get a good size filter that cleans your water out of impurities. And we're all in agreement, no GMO. Do the best you can to stay away from GMOs. And, and local, locally grown, too. Sure, sure. Right. Sure. And, okay, so that was the water, the sun, the food. Now and the air. The air. We recommend in our patients to the, in our office, not everyone wants to comply and, and follow, but our recommendations is to get out getting fresh air around 4 a.m. And the reason here is in the acupuncture system, the horary period for the lungs is between 3 and 5 a.m. So if you're outside around those hours breathing fresh air that's been unadulterated from the high volume of traffic and exhaust and movement of air, it, it's just different. The air is more crisp. It's clean. There's something special about that time of the morning. It's very early, but... Or very late for some. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there have been famous people who said early to bed, early to rise That's helps right. a person become healthy, well, and wise. So I think it's important to get out early in the morning. And you don't need to be out there for two hours. You could be out there for 15 to 20 minutes, getting good, fresh air, clearing your mind, getting ready for the day. Are you outside at three or four in the morning? I tend to be out four days a week out at 430. Yes. Good for you. Now, do you just walk? Do you meditate? Um, I'm out running. I'm training. I am involved highly with a, a course called Spartan Obstacle Racing. Wow, Spartan. Yes. That sounds so intense. It's very, it, it's intense. It's fun. It's a joy in my life. And uh, I am usually out by 4.30 and I get home around 7. So it's usually around 8 to 10 miles of running and lifting and climbing mountains and 
Well, it shows. You look radiant. So thank you. You're healthy. We can see it. Um, so I want to come back to neuroemotional technique and maybe even preface NET with talking a little bit about kinesiology mm-hmm. because they obviously go hand in hand, or maybe you can talk specifically about how they relate. Well, kinesiology in and of itself is a study of movement and motion, and applied kinesiology has been around since 1964, and George Goodhart developed the technique which uses manual muscle testing to assess the function or dysfunction of the human body. And then Scott Walker, uh, founder of NET, chiropractor here at Encinitas, California, developed this wonderful technique called neuroemotional technique where it helps address the mind-body connection. And we can utilize manual muscle testing to assess dysfunction of the nervous system when we're feeling emotional. And the goal is to neutralize or to feel neutral about the event so that way the emotion is not causing a disruption to our bodies so we can still experience emotions as healthy human beings without causing a detriment to our health. That's beautiful. In layman's terms, I just want to make sure we break this down really simple for people. Because for people like me, who I've experienced it over and over again, I get it. It's awesome. But if so, no, somebody's never experienced um, applied kinesiology or muscle testing, so you go into an office and we're going to use the body to basically find out what's going on. And the body tells the truth, right? Yes. So, I mean, that's the basic idea is the body will say yes or no by being strong or weak. And same goes for if it's a, a structural issue. Am I, if, am I saying this correct? Structural or nutritional or um, nervous or psycho-emotional. And it'll tell us if, if by going strong or weak, if it's what's well, going on. Strong or weak usually in the world of NET is whether or not there's a charge, um, not necessarily yes or no, but is there a charge? Is there is the body okay with the event or the thought? So when we use NET, it's basically we all feel different things when we hear good phrases and bad phrases, and certain words can trigger our the way we feel. Certain thoughts of the past can trigger the way we feel. And based on how we felt and the intensity we feel it will determine whether or not an arm will stay strong or weak when when it's being challenged, when we test it. Our goal is to make sure that the charge, so to speak, of feeling not just uncomfortable, but enough to have um, too big of a disruption. Our goal is to keep it within the bounds of being healthy and optimal. The phrase I use in the office is, all systems check from the old Star Trek days when people are, they're straining the ship and can it still keep going at warp speed or whatnot. And and it's struggling, it's straining. The, the people on the ship are strained, they're worried, but the, the engineers will say, all systems are still check. You're still good to go. We're all going to feel emotions no matter what growing, growing up. The question here is, is, are all of our systems down to the cellular level still good to go? Are we still green light? Are we still healthy? Or is it creating dysfunction? And that we can see with symptoms and objective findings when we measure using either manual muscle testing or are they in pain? So any given patient that comes in, you do applied kinesiology as Mm -hmm. part of your evaluation? Yes. 
yes, obviously standard medical practice, uh, physical, blood pressure, vitals, reflexes. Applied kinesiology is a tool of manual muscle testing that we use in adjunct to either um, give us a bigger picture or another avenue of looking and assessing the human body and what could be going on. So it's assessing, um, I'm, I want to get clear, what, what exactly, it's checking the muscle that you're checking, but you can check at what organ system, you can check... Um, yes, there is a correlation of muscles to organs and different acupuncture meridians, and those meridians are associated with specific emotions. And when we use manual muscle testing, it could be a dysfunction of the muscle itself, it could be causing shoulder, if we're checking a pec major sternal muscle in the chest, it could be affecting the shoulder function. Or it could be an indication that may be a challenge with the liver. We would never say, if you have a weak pec sternal related to the liver, you must have cirrhosis. We could never say anything like that. Right. But it could be a window or a doorway if the patient has no history of injury to the shoulder. It could be a doorway into, hey, we need to assess what's really going on with the liver. And in that aspect, we could easily order a blood test and see if there's any challenges on there. And also, it, you know, if the muscle is weak and dysfunction, it could be an imbalance in the liver meridian and could be related emotionally. So we use the weak muscle and we check different areas of the body to see what could change the weakness to strength and assess whatever changed to figure out where the problem is and how it got there. And at what point do you identify if there is a neuroemotional component and NET is appropriate? In my practice, I generally try to create a solid relationship with the patient. I need them to understand that I am here to help them and I can help them. And I know the steps to help them get well. I generally don't introduce neuroemotional technique as far as a treatment on our first few visits until I've developed a relationship with the patient because it can be very, very personal. I choose to have a good foundational relationship with the patient first before we go down a world that can potentially be very vulnerable to a patient. So I usually wait a few visits. Now I will plant seeds and wait for the right time for it to sprout and grow I will plant seeds with patients on our first few visits to let them know that that is a course of action I would like to address with them down the line. And I would give them the website so they can go to netmindbody.com. They could do a little bit of their own research and homework to understand from the website what it looks like, what they'll be dealing with versus just letting them know, look, we need to hold your arm up and start fixing your emotions. <laughs> so I try to prepare my patients so that way they have an understanding of what to look forward to. So for instance, somebody could have pain in their arm and you find that there's something out of alignment, you put it back in alignment. Uh, however, it's the pain's not going away and you can test to see if there's a neuroemotional component and identify if there is. Absolutely. And then at that point, you can give them the choice if they want to uh, discover what the neuroemotional component is and even go in through a phase, because there's also a, a process they can go through to help re resolve the neuroemotional component. Absolutely. 
So by resolving that neuroemotional component, usually the the pain, whatever the physical symptom is, has the opportunity then to resolve itself. Absolutely. And and I've been through NET, so I understand a little bit. When something's identified, usually there's like a a current situation, maybe something that happened recently. However, uh, typically these things that are happening recently are have a, a charge or something that happened earlier on that we're reacting or we're responding similarly because it's almost like a pattern that happened not always but oftentimes when we're much younger. Is that right? Typically, uh, in general, when we have an emotional charge, the current situation is what we would call a, um, a general stimulus. And the origin, usually the origin is somewhere between conception and 10 years old. And the challenge is down the line. Now, it's not always the case, but down the line is where something that reminds you of the past or reminds your tissues of the past is what can create the dysfunction again, so to speak. Also, with with applied kinesiology, I've had uh, practitioners use it to identify nutritional sensitivities or I don't want to say allergies because this is not like an allergy test, but there can be times when there's something that we're eating or that we're coming in contact with that are that are uh, interfering with our healing or actually causing a problem. And you can use applied kinesiology to identify that, right? Sure. Manual muscle testing can be used for one of two ways. Any strong indicator muscle, not for strength, but just function, any strong indicator muscle, you put, you know, let's say uh, milk or root beer, some, you know, some drink or food that they enjoy, and you place it on top of their tongue and they can taste it. Um, If that causes a muscle to weak, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily allergic to it, but we let them know that it's definitely not making the human body happy. Um, It's causing some type of irritation to the system. I don't ever say you should never have this. I just say, you know, you should back off of it temporarily until we can rebuild your body up. But it goes both ways. If we have a weak muscle in the clear and we place some food supplement or food on their mouth and their tongue can taste it and that causes a strengthening of the muscle, well, then our assessment would mean something in there is what your body needs. One of the ways we can assess a nutritional need. So thousand different supplement companies out there carrying folic acid at different potencies. How do you know which one? So we can use that tool of manual muscle testing and testing the folic acid in their mouth to see which one will strengthen the muscle. And then we can assess which one from which company is best for them. Not only what the doctor thinks. Does it have to be in the mouth? It's best to be in the mouth. Uh, The only other way would be to smell it through your nose, but either oral or nasal is how it's done through applied kinesiology. I've had other practitioners who just hold the whatever the substance is, and you, you that, do you feel that's not as um, effective? For optimal in the world of applied kinesiology, Got yes. It. I have seen it done on the body. I have seen it done, you know, um, when they think about it. I, I don't think it's as effective. Right. Well, and that makes sense. Now, you teach applied kinesiology, is that right? Yes. I've been teaching the basic certification course in Southern California for 10 years now. I took a year off to spend more time with my family, and I've been asked to come back, and I agreed. It's something I love doing, and it's a passion of mine. Wonderful. There's other, is there another seminar, other things that you teach? No. That's pretty much just applied kinesiology, yeah. 
Okay. And I'm curious, uh, what other services, what are the things that you offer patients? I know there's a b- bunch of different programs. Is there anything specifically that, that you specialize in that we haven't spoken about? No. Pretty much what we've discussed is what I do with patients. Um, it's basically taking it back down to just plain and simple. And this is the steps that it takes to be healthy. Uh, I think maybe one of the things that we didn't address here is is I'm really big on making sure people truly understand what it means to be healthy. Because a lot of people want to be healthy, yet they're not committed to be healthy. And sometimes they really don't understand what it is. So I try to paint a picture of what healthy would be for them. You know, being fit doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. Right. And so to distinguish those things for patients is helpful for them. There's a lot of people who believe they're healthy, but they can't run a mile without being winded or feeling like they're going to fall over. To me, I think that's not healthy. I think they're unfit and unhealthy. Right. So our goal is to make sure people are understanding the distinguishment between having no symptoms and actually being healthy. So educating the public, educating our patients to really assess what goal they're shooting for, having no symptoms and being healthy are definitely two different things. And healthy people do get sick once in a while, but it's they're healthy who get sick once in a while versus people who are sick all the time who feel healthy here and there. And on average, how often does a patient come and for how long of a time and then what kind of maintenance is normal? Sure. I love to see patients about half hour per visit. And I see patients anywhere from once a week to every four weeks. And my really super duper healthy patients come in quarterly. And the reason I like to spend at least half hour a visit is I get to really assess what's going on with their body head to toe each visit versus bandage adjustments. I don't mind doing those, but I really like to figure out what has gone on since the last time I've seen them. And again, when we take golf lessons, we take golf lessons and our coach says, okay, have you worked on what you've worked on since last time? Yes. Great. Now you can learn what we need to do for our next practice. Same thing with healthcare. If patients are doing what they're supposed to be doing, our goal should be to take them to the next level. This is what you've done well up till now. Great. Let's add to it. So that way we can even make you better. So some of our patients come in very sick, need a lot of help to get well. Some of our patients are already super duper healthy. So why would they come to us? Because they run a nine minute mile, but they're looking to run an eight minute mile. And so they're not only healthy, they're just trying to better their health and be at the next level. Performance. That's right. And I love helping people get across the finish line faster, stronger, and better without hurting themselves. And so much of all of this is uh, such wonderful preventative care. We're not waiting for people to to break down. And even if they come into you with uh, a chronic illness, you're going to help them not only get better, but prevent, prevent other problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Prevention is good. Being stronger, being healthier is better. Yeah, that's great. So you don't just see um, adults. I, I know that you also see children. You, you've even worked with infants. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a different approach with different ages? As far as mindset and helping them see what healthcare is, obviously we can't have a full conversation with a six-month-old baby. 
but it's addressing it with the parents is key. Uh, obviously, the different styles of adjusting are different for somebody 25 years old versus six month old versus 95 years old. Uh, but as far as the application and the thought process and the model of healthcare is pretty much the same for across the board. Dr. Shen, I'm curious, what is a defining moment in your life? I have so many to share. <laughs> Great, share them. I think the biggest one for me was, I have two to share. One, I've had plenty of low back injuries. My first one, I was playing volleyball in college and before I even heard of chiropractic and I was had a pop in my back bending over to dig a ball and next thing you know I'm bedridden and using the restroom so to speak on my side into a bag for six weeks and that was one of the most horrific accidents I've ever had and I was in physical therapy at the time and didn't really see any success spontaneously resolved six weeks later a year later another back injury occurred playing volleyball and a buddy of mine asked me to come see him at the chiropractic clinic where he was an intern. And I agreed. I had nothing to lose. I barely walked in. He did some adjustments on my spine, and I heard some sounds that I'd never heard before and wondered if I was injured. But lo and behold, I was able to walk out of that clinic almost pain-free, and I ended up walking upstairs to admissions and said, I want to be a chiropractor for the rest of my life. Wow. And the other defining moment was actually last year. Last year, this month, November, I looked in the mirror, but I realized when I looked in the mirror, I'm skinny, I'm not overweight, but I'm not necessarily healthy. I'm that guy who would struggle to run two, three miles without just feeling like I would die. So I took it upon myself this last year to really see how far I could push my body in the performance world. And it's just been a wild ride next month. Uh, and on February 1st, I'll be doing the Surf City Marathon, something I never dreamed I would ever be doing. And I'm ready for it. Uh, the Spartan world of obstacle racing this past year, I've done, I've completed five of them. These are things I never thought I would be able to do. And so that was a defining moment for me when I realized that I'm skinny, but I'm not necessarily healthy. And you're doing a lot of these amazing physical fitness activities now. How long had it been? Because I know you said you did volleyball, baseball. How long had it been since you were physically active? I'd say more than 10 years. Uh, I've After 13-plus low back injuries, you tend to step back and not do anything too physical. And uh, I, I had more injuries through chiropractic school. I had injuries outside of after chiropractic school in my faith in chiropractic started to deteriorate. I learned from a mentor of mine, Dr. Francis in Vegas, who said my low back instability was caused by an imbalanced TMJ and a toxic colon. And I didn't know what to think of that at the time. And sure enough, he was correct. I had a very unhealthy diet at the time, didn't really know what was healthy as far as nutrition. And he got me to eating very healthy, very clean, protein, vegetables, water, and fruit in between. And I ate that way continuously for many, many, many years, although I still had low back injuries here and there. And so then I realized with another chiropractor, Dr. Mike Kilbride here in San Diego, who's my dad of chiropractic, 
he said to me, based on x-rays, that I had a very, very weak lower abdominal wall. And he showed me the exercises to strengthen that up. And since I've been doing those religiously since November 2007, knock on wood, I haven't had any injuries or challenges since. And so that's one of the pieces that helped me realize not only is our intake of food important to our health, but also postural muscles and exercising to maintain a good posture is so key to not allowing reoccurring misalignments in the spine to keep coming back, creating problems. And specifically, the the health of the colon and the strength of the abdominal wall relates to low back pain. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I'm really glad you you brought that up because I'm a I'm aware of that, and I've mentioned it uh, to patients that have come through our uh, our programs that uh, if you have low back or sometimes even mid back that this could be a sign that you may want to do some sort of digestive cleanse or just evaluate your diet. And of course, I don't I don't do that for them, so I don't know if they ever follow through on that. But I think it's important to people because low back pain and back pain in general is such a common uh, experience uh, today. And n- very rarely do people associate that it could have to do with a, a congested colon. Sure, sure. And in our office, the minute somebody mentions the word low back pain, one of the things we also show them inside of our applied kinesiology book is something called emotional backache, emotional back pain. And when I open up that page in the book and people read that, a lot of them right there in the chair, a lot of them break and they let out their emotions and say, finally, someone who understands. Other people, it's... uh, toxic colon. They've been eating poorly for a long time. And in the acupuncture system, the fourth and fifth lumbar is related to the large intestine. There's another concept called cardiac low back pain, where people can be overtraining their four-cylinder engine. And one of the ways the body can prevent damage is to allow low back pain. It's like a self-defense mechanism. And when you slow down because your back hurts, your heart rate and blood pressure gets to go down also. So that's when we start dealing with people's exercise routines. And that's why we recommend them having a heart rate monitor so we can control how high their engine is revving in order to get from point A to B. I just want to I just want to say again, anyone listening, if you have comments, you have questions, criticisms even, please feel free call in on our comment line, which is 206-600-2475. You can also go to healthandwellnessencinitas.com, the website of the podcast. Uh, and with all of the podcasts, all of the show notes will be there, links to Trinity Chiropractic, Dr. Shin, and uh, other things that we that we make mention of are always listed. So everything you hear in these shows, you can you can find adif- additional information at the podcast at healthandwellnessencinitas.com. And once again, that comment line, because we'd love to have your feedback and uh, interaction, you can call us at 206-600-2475. Bruce, I always ask uh, the practitioners to relate your absolute number one health tip. I mean, you've given a lot of good health tips in our conversation, uh, but what would, be, what would be the number one thing you would tell people? 
number one thing I tell people is to live well. Live well. Live well. Because I've heard the phrase too often, we're just surviving, we're surviving, but we're not thriving. So I always recommend patients live well. Do what is best for you to live well. How do they know if they're living well or not? By the smile on their face when they say I'm living well or the frown on their face when they say they're not living well. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) You can see the sparkle in their eye when they look back at you and say, I'm living well, I'm doing well, I'm feeling great. You can see the sparkle in the eye and when they're not, you can see it and they know it. Right. So I always recommend live well, why? Because we only get one shot at this lifetime. I'm, I'm, uh, the compassion that I feel that you have for your patients is present. And I, I just want to thank you for that because obviously I've been to many different practitioners and there's this one common denominator uh, among, and, and not just uh, health practitioners, but even uh, therapists, any, anyone that's, that's seeing people for health and wellness and that common denominator is is an unconditional compassion for their client or their patient. And I feel that with you. I feel it in the way you're talking about your patients. And I just want to thank you for being that practitioner because uh, I know, having been a patient with many people, that it's it's really important and it makes a huge difference. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming and being on the show. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I think the last thing I would share is is make sure that you are really, again, reiterating, make sure you're really living well yeah. and doing the best you can because uh, I've learned we can't change people, but we can better ourselves. And when we better ourselves, it betters others around us. Right. And that's the last thing I'd like to share. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Shen, Trinity Chiropractic. This is Lisa Thorpe with Thorpe Institute of Integrated Medicine, Intel Bio, and this was Health and Wellness and Sinitis. Thank you. This show was produced by John Beethan and brought to you by Alkaway.com, the makers of UltraStream, working like nature to filter, alkalize, and naturally energize water, returning it to its natural, pristine state.